Also, right. I was researching BTK. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Right. I mean, <laughs> oh, I you spent <laughs> some time searching on BTK over the last uh, month and it's crazy. caused you emotional problems. Oh, emotional and your computer damage. history looks emotional, really fucked up. It looks rough. Emotional damage. Researching Mendoza. And then I got down the line to this random, I don't know if it was like a psychology student and their psychological thing on BTK. So then I was reading that and somehow from there I got to this random high schoolers PowerPoint but about BTK about BTK this kid this kid had to have failed this kid had to have failed <laughs> only because all of the crime scene photos were there whoa all of them okay and I had not seen any because I really tried to like never unless yeah, I they're really so bad to. yeah and I was like first of all Holy shit. Second of all, Miss Johnson's period two class. Okay. Is that what it says? That's what it says. (laughs) Display the photos of, wow. I hope he didn't present it to the class. I hope he failed. Uh, Like, can we get an out of school suspension for a quick minute? Yeah. Yeah. Like remove your project from the premises, please. (laughs) Like everyone in period two needs to go to therapy now. Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing and now you're trying to feed him your body. Thou fluid. shalt kill all of your Everybody's hands. a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. It ain't right to give you, you but you can pretend tea. like you will. A dog. Wow. Last fuck episode with, of Fuck Every single way you suck. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Hello. And we have Carly. She's the blonde. Hiya. We are finally concluding our series on BTK, Quinny's part three. <laughs> Wrap it up. Go bye. So if you bye. haven't listened to parts one or two, go back. Check those out before you listen to this episode because you've missed a lot. There's a a lot lot to get covered here. But when we last left Big Turd Ken, he had just (laughs) spent hours relishing and confessing to the murders that we outlined in our first two episodes. Word of these confessions was leaked to the media, but the district attorney's office refused to comment, even though everybody basically knew that he made these confessions. Like it had gotten out, it got to the press. So his bail is set at $10 million and he's assigned a public defender. Of course, I had to go down the rabbit hole with this because I find this incredibly interesting. This suggests to me that either his family told him, we're not giving you any help and we don't want anything to do with you. Or that he was maybe trying to spare his family from the financial burden of getting an attorney. Mm. Because usually if you can afford an attorney, you have to get an attorney. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's reserved for if you can, like if you can't. So otherwise the court has to declare you indigent and the Mm -hmm. standards are different in every state. So I went through the Kansas code a little bit 
And you can get legal representation at state expense in Kansas provided to all persons, quote, financially unable to obtain adequate representation without substantial hardship to themselves or their families. I don't know how they determine financial hardship in Kansas, but I have a hunch that the Raiders as a family were putting on a good public appearance that people thought they were like a suburban family with enough money to go around. Or maybe he was blowing through money to do God knows what. And we don't have that information. Yeah. For his kill kill kits. Because it just doesn't make any sense to me that he would not be able to afford some type of attorney, given that both both the parents were gainfully employed. The children said they grew up comfortable. You get all these pictures of them on vacations. Like, yes. And especially him, like you would think that he would have some type of savings or some way to pay. Right. Just mm-hmm. for the attorney alone. I mean, the bail is no, 10 bail, million. Yeah. That's sending a message. No. That's like, you're not totally. getting out. So totally. I don't know. This is just my conspiracy, conspiratorial angle on yeah. that. But it seems like he didn't have any boundaries anywhere else in his life. So like maybe he had a like a gambling problem or he was like blowing money unbeknownst to his wife and family. Like, and that just adds a whole other layer of like, okay, you find out that your dad and your husband have been doing these things and then you go check your bank account and there's nothing in it. Yeah. Well, you know, like it makes sense in the fact that it would have made things a lot easier for him uh, having money to be able to spend to do things. Exactly. And then also, also, what if he wasn't actually gamefully employed very much like well it did I know, seem like, like he goes from job to job he was job like a job, job hopper but mm-hmm. you can't tell me he caught every shift he was supposed to be at and never left early right. and never you know what i mean like, no he was gone he was, all the time exactly gone right all the time so yeah. maybe yeah maybe he wasn't i don't know I they would have said, I don't know. The money would have made that easy too, yeah. though, is what I'm saying. Like yes. the money would have made the travel and the disappearing, it would have made that a lot easier for right. sure. Right, which would make you think that when it comes time to hire an attorney, even a basic like someone who's not won't charge you insane fees mm-hmm. you would have the money to do that but he gets a public defender i find that really uh weird there's something there's some missing piece there like you said at first like maybe his family was like hell no could they do that like she's legally married to him it's legally their money if she says no forget it dennis you're cut off there's really nothing stopping him from accessing any joint right. account of theirs Right. So like, like that's not going to stop the like the the court from saying like no you need to pay right exactly like yeah like i I don't know how they determine it like some states if you fall below the poverty line you are declared indigent and it's like an automatic it's automatic if you need an attorney you can't afford an attorney but they're no they're not they're not below the poverty line right and they present like they have all this i don't know we're missing something we gotta we got i don't know i feel like he might be it could also be the family thing to you that you said quinny that he's trying to uh that maybe he's actually looking out for his family i highly highly doubt it yeah see i don't know yeah i don't know i know like he and his daughter were really close but i don't know and his wife i mean his poor wife uh she's just never she's never publicly ever touched this so on may 3rd dennis chose not to speak at his own arraignment and the judge entered his not guilty plea for him again i don't 
get this. I'm surprised he, that he wasn't trying to just represent himself, Ted Bundy style. It really seems like he would. Right? It really does. Yeah. He's that kind I, of person. I don't know. Yeah. I know. And then on June 27th, the day this is the day that his trial was supposed to begin, he changed his plea to guilty and he made a full confession on the record in front of the whole courtroom. And the footage is readily available online. I'm sure everyone listening has seen it or seen clips from it. It's when he's in that putrid beige jacket and is he just, he looks gross. He's so gross. It's bone chilling how calm and how just totally Collected unaffected he is. He is. Yeah. Matter of fact. Uh, just telling the gruesome details of these crimes. He showed absolutely no remorse for what he had yeah. done at all. And talks about him like they're literally nothing. Like it's just another day in a life. Like we're talking about the weather. He was sentenced to 10 consecutive life sentences at El Dorado Correctional Facility in Butler County, Kansas, where he remains to this day. So part of his, part of the conditions of his sentence is that he's not allowed to speak to any reporters or media at all, but he can send and receive letters. We're going to get into this a little bit once we talk about where he is today. He's talking to reporters. He doesn't need to send any more fucking letters in his yeah. whole life. Seriously. Like, it should have been part of it. Like, to we be like, don't. You know, we normally let people send letters, but for you, no letters. Yeah. We don't want your writing anymore. <laughs> we don't want you to ever write again. <laughs> ever please. again. I'm already mad that I took up two minutes, whole minutes of the podcast, even reading <laughs> his poetry. Okay. No like, poetry. Seriously. No poetry. No poetry. No not letters. Get a single stamp. <laughs> no. I found one source that says that he has a fair amount of visitors okay what and oh. those who want to visit him and i did not make this up quinnies have to fill out a questionnaire that he wrote himself i can't even imagine what it says oh god <laughs> I was oh my, my god. next question do we know what is on the question i can't it probably he probably makes you write a poem and then he grades it yeah literally and then he critiques it and he know he keeps them all Definitely. Whether, he, whether he approves them or not, he keeps them all. <sighs> mm-hmm. oh my God. And it's, it's not, just... this is not his family going to visit him. Okay. These are yeah. interested parties for whatever reason. Uh, hey, we do a true crime show, but that's too far for even me. Way too far. So he's in jail. And then we got to think about, you know, maybe is it possible that he committed some other murders that it we don't so know about? Possible. I say it 100%, is so yeah. fucking 100% <laughs> possible. So there are a lot of suspicions. There are a lot of bizarre, strange coincidences of breaks in his murders where we just don't know. Here are some things that I did find out. So in our second episode, I think it was our second episode that we talked about the Fager family. He liked the idea of kind of having people think that it was him that did it. You know, he really like he liked that. And then of course he had to have one of his letters, which at first they didn't know was him actually, where he wrote and said, you know, that he didn't do it, but whoever, and he commended the murderer that did it, right? They did find out later, like in in 2005, that it was actually him that wrote him. They were always, it was always a cold case as to whether or not he had actually wrote that beat Dennis himself, but he did. So a lot of the things that we talked about in the second episode where he would send these, this information to media because he was so crazed with it at the time, he would leave these packages everywhere was sending the pages of his documentary that he wanted them to make. A a killer is born. 
killer is born. Yeah, exactly. So it was during around that same time that they had found another package, actually one that was dropped in a slot at a public, at one of the public libraries. Okay. You know, that because he was so obsessed with them. Again, the libraries alone, the books don't need you. Seriously. And it had in this particular package, it had more bizarre material, and it also included a claim that he was responsible for the death of a 19-year-old named Jake Allen, who was from Argonia, Kansas, earlier that month. It was in May of 2004, okay? So mm-hmm. earlier that month, he had claimed to have killed this guy, which we know is not so much his MO. Like, he doesn't, he has killed guys before but he really goes more for the women right Mm -hmm. it's more Mm -hmm. of usually a sexual thing well later with after a thorough investigation the investigators found that this claim was actually false and it was not true and they actually ruled the death a suicide don't love that yeah and he was it was a strangulation like he was strangled to death he had marks on his neck so i don't yeah i don't really get it and i don't like it and i tried to look into it a little bit okay this is what kills me what i really noticed is that it's like i almost feel like dennis is still playing investigators to this day i really do absolutely it's all he's got he managed to manipulate them and he managed to evade them for so long and it pissed them off and it made them really angry and i feel like so many investigators like kansas police department are probably so like just lifelong infuriated with this man and i just feel like maybe it's not that they don't want to get stuff out about him but it's like it's almost like they're so bitter about it that they like just don't even want to even give him the credit for other victims and if they do they're going to take his word for it for some reason yeah you know what i mean it's like because he went for 30 something years right and didn't get caught and didn't get caught they didn't exactly so they don't want to contribute to it yeah that makes sense Quinny. oh so very suspicious with that one with the whole jake allen definitely sketch So that's the only one that he actually like admitted to in a a letter, although, you know, it was definitely a trend that he liked to do. He would make people believe he did certain ones where he did not and he would make people believe he did ones that he actually did do, you know. So the other one that I tried to find more information on was who the hell Lewis or Lois is from the poem. From the poem, yeah. In my research, I found that investigators discovered years, a couple years after he was caught, he had stalked over 88 pe- different people. Like yes. Men and where, women. Yes. Where is the time? I know, I don't get it. Where? 88 people, that's, mm-hmm. and yeah. you don't just do that in a year span worth of time. That's not no. a thing. Like, no. at all no that's a life that's a life it's a life yeah. thing 100 percent. absolutely and we better be checking any homicides that are unsolved outside of casinos in the kansas area now that i know he was blowing that money somewhere exactly. like there just has to be it's very hard to believe that there are another victims he was a he was a lunatic. Yeah. Like he was yeah. completely mm-hmm. out of control I'm and he was definitely. so outrageous in the daytime attacking people. Like it just yeah. doesn't make sense that it's only that many. And I, I really bet you're doesn't. right, Quinny. I bet he was, I saw somewhere 
in my research that there was a woman that worked at Coleman with him that when he was arrested, she believed that she would have been his next victim because he had bet she had seen him uh, in her neighborhood and she had commented to him that there was some weirdness at work with him. Mm -hmm. And when it all came out, she was like, spoke to the media and was like that, you know, I could have been the next one. Uh huh. So he was actively at all times. He had something working. And in his, in his confessions, he did also end up admitting that there were a lot of quote, lucky ones end quote, because of construction or road issues or police or a traffic jam or something like this, like reasons why these certain victims didn't get their, you know, their, destiny as he would say so yeah the follow-up on this is just basically following raiders arrest like the police in wichita and park city as well as several other surrounding cities obviously looked into many unsolved cases with the cooperation of the state police as well as the fbi and they particularly focused on cases that were committed after 1994 because that's actually when the death penalty was reinstated in kansas i thought that was pretty interesting oh wow so Um, that's what they're trying they were really trying yeah they also worked with police in surrounding states such as Nebraska, Missouri, Colorado, Oklahoma, as well as Texas. They even investigated additional cold cases that fit Raiders' pattern to some extent. Like there was actually a girl they found that was strangled and there was semen left at the um, scene of the crime. She had not been, you know, she they didn't have sex with her basically, mm-hmm. but there was semen at the scene. Yeah. Um, and so they, they re, you know, obviously investigated that one only to the DNA did not match. Mm -hmm, So they now say the 10 known murders are now believed to be the only murders for which Raider is actually responsible. And this is what kills me. Although he would tell us if, oh, oh, here we go. They say confirming early suspicions, however, that Raider would, would take credit for any of these additional murders that he might've committed. I mean, you would say that he would. He's also just messed up enough to want to keep it, you know, to himself, close yeah. to his chest for a little yes. bit longer. Israel until... fucking yes. keys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't the FBI says he's killed, you know, they they put it at like 10 or and 12 or so, something. I can't remember, but we, how many do we know about four? And they yeah. so Three? love, and they so love being like, I did this one, this one, and this one, but I'm not going to tell I'm you this one, this you. one, and this Exa- one. It's like, another one of those head game things that he loves. Control. Exactly. The control. Yeah, exactly. So, Carly, what's going on in his dome piece? Oh, my all right. God. What's yeah, going this is on really upstairs in his inside of that that bat cave? All so, right. So much. Yeah. So much. Again, like we said, his court appointed public defenders. They would hire a um, psychologist to do a psychological evaluation in order to determine if an insanity based defense might be a viable option for them. Is he sane or not? Makes sense. Happens all the time. So they would end up hiring Massachusetts um, Harvard psychologists. Like he went to Harvard. He was supposed to like, he's, you know, supposed to be top notch. Okay. Mm. Man named Robert Mendoza. So Mendoza interviews Raider after he had already pleaded guilty and he would end up diagnosing Raider with narcissistic, antisocial and obsessive compulsive personality disorders. What, what a trio. There's a lot. There's (laughs) a lot there. there. And I know we've talked about basically all of those before. Essentially what he said was Raider has a grandiose sense of self, which we definitely knew. No. He believed he was special and therefore entitled to special treatment. 
And he also had a pathological need for um, attention and admiration, like to a T, like Mm -hmm. to a T. He had a preoccupation with maintaining rigid order and structure and to round it all off, a complete lack of empathy. I will say, yes, he gave a completely accurate psychological profile. Yeah. hundred percent. All of those things definitely speak to what Raider was all about, what he was going on in his brain, the sick twistedness of it all. Right. But then I couldn't just leave it there. Because <laughs> no, just leave it no. There. People get greedy. Okay. So the interview that was conducted by Mendoza would somehow end up as a two hour special on Dateline NBC. This keeps happening. Doctors yeah. keep talking to him and then they sell it. I don't know how you do that. That must be some fancy footwork with that paperwork. Yeah. Because yeah. how do you do that? I'm like, this is, a, this is a medical doctor. Like, And this was out from like under everyone's nose. Like what? It was huge. It was insane media. It was just insane. Right. But also like super fucked up because that's Definitely. not, that's not right. No. So immediately the criminal justice officials are questioning the ethics of Mendoza and like his whole practice. Like, what are we doing here? We thought we were hiring a good guy. Like we're very disappointed. We're very shocked, you know, not good guy, but like a well-renowned doctor. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Someone who's ethical. That was exactly. going to act- and actually figure it out. Right. And yeah. do a good job at it. Right. And he did. The profile is definitely good on the right track. Uh-huh. Yeah. He just took it, just, it too far. He took it too far. Yeah. He would ultimately sell the interview okay and nbc claims that raider knew that this interview might be televised that's what they say but the cedric county sheriff's office stayed like this is not true honestly i don't know he could have been totally fine with it because he does like the attention You know what I mean? Like he was already like, you know, getting off on the fact that they were like doing special, you know, things in the news for him. him. You know what I mean? So why wouldn't he, you know, want it splash everywhere? I have to say it's really, I'm just trying to think like, Quinny, can you imagine if who's the doctor in the Menendez brothers case, the, um, the psychologist that they're talking to the psychiatrist they're talking to every week. Oh um, yeah. I, don't, I won't he, remember his name. If he had um, released, yeah, he's the one that confessed. The tapes yeah. of Eric and Lyle talking about, like, in session with him. If right. he had released that, even years after they were convicted, I think that you probably could use that to get some momentum behind you and maybe get a new trial. So it's hmm. really like kind of dangerous that they did that. Yeah. Because it's kind of opening up the door for him to have like some kind of claim to be right. like my rights were violated or something and then spin mm-hmm. that into it's just you can't I don't, I don't know. I, it's totally really risky. risky. Yeah. And this person probably made a shit ton of money off of that. Yeah. A oh, ton. Yeah. However, Kansas is already like this isn't going to fly. So October Fuck, Okay, 25th. I got to say too, we're just real quick. Yeah. Fucking Kansas, yo. Kansas. <laughs> Just for re- one second, what the actual fuck nut? <laughs> yes. Have either of you ever beyond. been to Kansas? I yes, have been I have to have uh, once. Yeah. Dorothy. But it ain't great. What we're, yeah, what we're hearing ain't great. Something no. crazy. Sorry, our listeners in Kansas. So either way, Kansas isn't, isn't about this. So October 25th, 2005, the Kansas attorney general would file a petition to sue Mendoza and Tolly Waters, who are the co-owners of the Cambridge Forensic Consultants LLC, which was his mm-hmm. practice for breach of contract. Mm-hmm. They're huh. claiming that they had intended to benefit financially from the use of the information obtained through 
through the involvement in Raiders defense. Okay. Which of course they would have made huge bucks, right? We don't know how much they allegedly made or didn't make or whatever, but like we, like Jocelyn said, it was going to be a lot. So Raiders public lawyers said like we had hired Mendoza to make the tape in an effort to humanize Raider to help us. And it totally did the exact opposite. Yeah. Cause there's no way you can humanize that man. You can't. Sorry. You can't. You can't. So like, first of all, that wasn't going to work anyway, but this shouldn't have happened either. But on May 10th, 2007, Mendoza would agree to pay $30,000 to settle the charges. That is not a lot of money. That is not. So even if we don't know how much they potentially made, like 30,000 isn't touching it. Mm-mm. It ain't okay. shit. Better yet, in the settlement, Mendoza still denies any wrongdoing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I buy that. Here's what really grinds my gears. He claimed in the depositions that, oh, well, I don't know what happened, but I do know that the last person who had the tape was the person that I hired to produce it, which just so happens to be reality TV star Amorosa from The Apprentice. Wait a minute. 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 What? Gabe, okay, you are telling me that a Harvard-educated forensic psychologist gave the tape of his (laughs) sex with Dennis fucking Raider, Dennis Lynn, excuse me. Homegirl from to Amorosa? Amorosa. What? That's like the equivalent of like having an embarrassing like baby video of yourself, you know? And then just like leaving it in front of like a reality TV show producer, just being like, oh, can you hold this for me? Like and then videos, just hold this for me. And then being shocked when they're like, oh, I didn't think that they would like, are you kidding me? But the real the really good really got me that 30 that thirty thousand dollars oh so much money the money went to 10 the 10 families of raiders victims which is good yeah but let's do the math here mm-hmm. 30 grand not, for not 10 a lot families probably minus attorney's fees exactly and then split split exactly oh, like it wouldn't wow. have even been enough if each of them got 30 grand right no, no definitely you know what not. i mean like to me that's just another slap in the face i don't even want it, it really is you it know? really is just like a stat a slap in the face yeah like i can't but like Amorosa. <laughs> Amorosa. Yeah, oh, that's something. I just happened to leave it with Amorosa. Oh, Are Amorosa. you familiar? What? Since Robert Bobby Robert made BTK <laughs> famous with getting those tapes out, even more famous than he was, the media has obviously picked up on it. And Katie's going to get into some of the pop culture BTK oh, references. God. Yes. There's many, 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 many things. The list goes on, but some just to name a few. Stephen King has said that his novel. Bella, a Good Marriage, and the film based on it were both inspired by the BTK killer. Uh, novelist Thomas Harris has said that the character of Francis Dolerhide in his 1981 novel Red Dragon is partially based on the then unidentified BTK killer. Wow. Sure. I didn't even know that one, yeah. Winnie. But it That's scary. That movie is yeah. scary. Episode four of season six, 2004 of Law and Order Special Victims Unit is based on this case. Benson and Stabler forever. Forever. Oh, forever. Love. 2024. Love, love, love. And forever. I lo- also love the All next the one too. Episode 15, season one, 2006 of Criminal Minds is based on Raiders Murders. Also mm-hmm. such a good one too. Okay. It's also on Netflix. Um, episode one, season two, 2022, uh, Catching Killers. A character based on Raider played by actor Sonny Valicenti appears in the Netflix series known as Mind Hunter. Mind 
mind hunter. This is so we mentioned good. this in the first episode of the series. Yes, they yeah. do a really good, very accurate representation of the Otero house and the yes. whole crime scene there. Right. And they, they do yeah, they're whoever that they're, guy is playing BTK. He's he is so so good. Yeah, creepy. Ugh. Yeah, he's really good. Ugh. Yeah, for sure. Kane Hodder portrays Raider in the 2008 movie BTK, and the film is a half biopic and half fictionalized account of the murders, which I haven't seen that. That no. sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. The Clove Hitch Killer was also inspired by Dennis Rader. The thrash metal band known as Exodus wrote a song entitled BTK, which mm-hmm. was inspired by Dennis Rader's crime, oh, crime history. Mm-hmm. And the, again, like I said, the list goes on and on and on, but those were just a few things like to just list. furthering his narcissism mm-hmm. i yeah. get it like we obviously we're covering him right covering now. him right now we consume true crime documentaries and shows and articles everything yikes so what's he up to these days quinny's let me tell you. I'm so curious about this, Quinny. (sighs) So in 2010, BTK starts corresponding in letters to Catherine Ramsland. Oh, yes. I was going to mention her. She is a forensic psychologist who sold her information to A&E for a true crime Mm -hmm. documentary. And she used it for a book of her own called Confession of a Serial Killer, The Untold Story of Dennis Rader. That came out in 2016. This is second time. Second, second time second forensic psychologist that's like i think i'll be using this information Thank like God. okay yeah cool like cool I mean, guys she didn't get sued so i imagine right. she got his permission yeah he, he doesn't he obviously doesn't mind talking to her because they talk quite a bit for like years don't mm-hmm. they yeah. yeah and it does it does kill me when people call things the untold story because like you're telling you're telling the story you're literally telling <laughs> you're telling right the now. story right now so it can't and we probably untold. already know a lot of it The untold story that's now being told. Apparently, she (laughs) met with Dennis in person several times and Mm -hmm. spoke on the phone to him. He told her that he was often humiliated by his mother, which is interesting. And he doesn't really say, or at least she doesn't intimate what specifically that, like what that was really. Right. But given how much we talked about in the first episode about him taking his mother's clothes and Uh wearing dresses and things like that. neighbors like yeah it seems like it could be tied in to you know some kind of shame of trying to do that as a kid and his mom obviously getting very upset he said he told this forensic psychologist that he was speaking with her because of quote her academic credentials okay Okay, oh, so God. only the best okay. to speak to him. Okay? For Dennis. I really yeah. hate this guy. Somehow he's corresponding with the Daily Mail in 2019 through a series of letters again. And he called himself, quote, possessed by demons when he committed those terrible crimes. And he says to Ramsland and he says to the Daily Mail that the demons' names are batter, like cake batter. Next time you're mixing up a cake, remember <laughs> that it's a demon that I'm haunts sorry. a Dennis Raider. Immediately I go, hey, better, better, better. Hey, better, better. <laughs> Yeah, he had like this obsession with weird words and calling things weird things. This yeah. demon, the two demons, I guess they're pals, they come in pairs, called Batter and Factor X. 
Okay. Badder and baddest. <laughs> Better and baddest. Okay, this is the same thing that they all say. Okay, yeah. Hillside Stranglers, John Wayne Gacy. This is a popular theme with serial killers who are caught and they just want to give themselves a way out of thinking about what they did. It's just interesting because he calls himself this like serious person. You know what I mean? Like he oh. only respects like this woman because of her academic credentials or whatever. He takes himself very seriously. And then he does the like the devil made me do it yeah. argument like yeah. I don't I don't know again the dude is just a contradiction and we've and never then, heard anything about this prior no like, no 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 we didn't hear and, about cake batter and factor x and it in wasn't the, in the in Mendoza 2005 no not at he's all. in it's no. getting more and That's more the theatrical. That he came up with as he's been sitting in the cell exactly. for freaking a few years mm-hmm. so he also describes to Ramsland something called cubing he calls it cubing. Yes, yes. Which is the process where he has various faces, like on a Rubik's cube, that he can turn on and off. He told her that he idolized H.H. Holmes and Ted Bundy, though, too. So which one is it, Dennis? And are the you son possessed? of Sam. I'm sorry. Yeah. Are you possessed? Like it's The Exorcist, or are you in love with other serial killers? <laughs> exactly. Like, please yeah. pick one. His daughter Carrie published a book in 2019 called "A Serial Killer's Daughter: My Story of Faith." love and overcoming. This is essentially her memoir of her whole life. And the excerpts that I found from it are so brutally sad. It's very sad. I haven't read the entire thing, but I read most of it. It is very, very sad. It's just you have. heartbreaking. Yeah. I oh. have. Yeah. It not back, like not recently for the, mm-hmm. for the show, but yeah, because it was, a, he was actually a really good dad to her. He was great to her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As far as she knew, she was, you know, they had a great relationship. And that's completely, I mean, can you imagine? No. Could you literally even imagine for a single second oh, having a normal so father and not only yeah. like your father is killed someone your father has killed many people and he's and a notoriously depraved yes. person you know what i mean like right. not just like a one-time thing you know right yeah no he's been doing this your whole life and you yeah. never knew you never yeah. had any idea yeah mm-hmm. and then the way that she describes in the interview too when you see that when she talks about how she didn't believe it at first then when she finally realized that it was real and that it was really true and then she has all the memories and the flashbacks and realizes all of the things that yeah, she never together. realized yeah. before. That's probably got to be one of the worst feelings ever. The initial shock is bad and just right. like finding out in general, but then thinking about it later, like putting oh, it all it together. Right yes. There. Yeah. Like, oh, he was gone for two hours that night or, the bo- the Boy you know, Scouts that's he, the reason know. he left mm-hmm. that one time when we were having that great, you know, daddy daughter mm-hmm. day or whatever. Mm-hmm. She said in the book, you know, she goes through periods of extreme anger and rage. And then she goes through times where she worries that he's not warm enough in his prison cell and like agonizes over that. It's so sad. It is sad. It is. It's horrible. That's Um, absolutely horrible. You know, we've said it before. We'll say it again. We are so, so sorry for Carrie. It is just, it's, she's, she's, absolutely. I guess we only, we think of her because we've, she's made herself known publicly. Totally. But yeah, for the whole, the whole family, we really, they're victims in this. Yeah. Um, And then on top of that, she got a lot of pushback for her book. Mm -hmm. um, Namely from the victim's families. Dolores Davis's son, Jeff said, to the press, the book will just feed his ego and bring attention back to him, which uh, she, you know, that's not, that's not, yeah, but that's not, not what her true. intention and no, but no, that's not, not her what intention. her intention right. was. No. And like you, this is her life. This yeah. happened to her. And she's a human being for mm-hmm. fuck's sake. 
you so know, you, ha- you have to be able to, and I understand he lost his mother and that's totally. awful. And this, right. we, we fully agree anything to keep him from enjoying himself or basically totally. ever being happy again. But she's but, also a victim and seriously. she's also lost she's a parent a, in yeah. a way. Right. Right. 100%. Yeah. It's not about Carrie's book. It's about the fact that Dennis Ritter did this. You know what I mean? So exactly. She has written and exchanged letters with her dad, but but she has never visited him and she does not Mm. want to ever visit him. In some of the letters, he brags to his own kid about how well respected he is by guards and other prisoners. He told her that he is talking to reporters and authors all the time. So I'm not sure who's policing the conditions of his his sentence, but like, let's cut him off. Let's stop him from talking to anyone. He said in 2019, apparently that he was not interested in speaking to the media anymore. Yeah. How long will that last? Yeah. How long will that last? He also asked her to write a book, asked Carrie to write a book about his artwork. So BTK is still in prison today. There was a rumor going around in 2021 that he was actually dead and the government covered it up. That's a fun one to look up. Um, It's not true, but it's a fun Uh, one to look. It's a good to go down the rabbit hole with that. He's 76 years old. According to his daughter, Carrie, again, he did have a stroke in 2018, which left him with short-term memory loss and dementia. He remains in the most restrictive environment allowed, and he only leaves his cell for one hour a day. Five days a week. Quinnies, we have arrived at our final thoughts on Dennis Rader, Dennis Lynn. Lock your fucking doors. Number one. Number one. Lock all Pause of the doors. Pause the podcast. Close all of your windows. Don't ever Take the unlock podcast them. with you. Take the podcast with you. Walk through the house. Check all the doors. Check all the, all windows. the windows. Get a dog. Oh, you don't have a dog? Get a dog right Get now. Five dogs. Get 17 <laughs> dogs. Dogs. No right less than now. <laughs> if I even Get hear that 17. you have less. 20 dogs like, you should be barely able to hear our podcast over like, <laughs> the sound of, of your dog dogs barking oh, have two bobcats guarding your front porch get a grizzly bear <laughs> let him roam free around your property oh, but in all seriousness oh lock your doors seriously look around at the people who are around be aware yeah. of your surroundings surroundings cars the cars the whole thing Got to. Okay. Got I to. yeah, I got another one too. Also, don't let someone that says they are an electrician or a refrigerator fixer or a fucking nope ventilator fixer or a painter. If you are home and someone tries to come into your house and you don't have someone safe there with you or something's a safe situation or scenario, multiple people there, do not let someone into your house please don't do it okay so i'll take that and i'm gonna just one up it a little bit because (laughs) even if you have people at home when the person comes in that doesn't mean that they're not going to automatically know the entire layout of your house and come back later when you're alone so go on youtube if you're already there watching our show that would be amazing there are lots of videos on how to do it yourself, okay? Just take a quick electric. Fix your own shit. Take a quick plumbing (laughs) class. Plum, listen. Don't let anyone in your house. 27 dogs. First of all, 27 dogs, okay? And then I want you to take your toilet apart yourself. 
yourself. Okay. Then I want you to take boards and I want you to board up all your windows. Bam, okay. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Be aware that Dennis Rader, for all of his oddities, for all of his weird quirks and his uniqueness, there are people like that. Yeah, so just like, yeah, just if, especially, I feel like this story too, if you ever just have a bad feeling, absolutely like having a bad feeling you gotta just trust your gut you just have to and like we live in a time where like your initial reaction should not be necessarily be the way that you feel about someone like we're all kind of getting more used to that idea now that like maybe the things that i think i only think because i've been ignorant for a super long time totally yeah but my little quinnies out there you know that feeling yes where you're like "Mm -mm, nope Nope. Trust it. Trust it. Trust it. I'm really glad that we don't really have a lot of landlines anymore to be cut. You know? Yeah. And it was a dip. He's such a byproduct of the time, too. Mm -hmm. With the delivery, with the people coming in to fix the appliances and the landlines. And being able to be able to and being able to stalk someone like that, too, because you can't really stalk someone like that nowadays. Well, too many many cameras. Well, no, you can. You can. Don't get it twisted, actually. Yes, because you still can, especially people that live in more like less rural areas mm-hmm. um however yeah you can't do those kinds of things as much as you could because you're going to get Be seen more on evidence. a camera yeah you're going to exactly. get seen on a camera somewhere stalking somebody's somewhere. yeah like, yeah if you are sure. walking for any reason you decide to leave your house and you're walking and you don't have your twenty nine thousand dogs with you have your phone out and record everything anything and be literally like, anything be like i'm going on a hot girl walk yay and just like <laughs> <laughs> behind you record who's ever behind you and if you're like me and willing to sacrifice your own privacy for your own <laughs> safety share your location with someone allow your phone to be tracked when it's off yeah. no that's it's not okay too. i it's mean not. it's not it's definitely not okay that anyone no. could find me at any time it's definitely right. a double-edged sword totally. can't ever commit a crime not that i would <laughs> i just mean like i never could yeah. and hey if you don't want to share if you're not if you're not into that life just you know let somebody know where you're where you are what you're doing you know just just maybe uh drop a pin say hey i'm heading home from whatever if you see know, that weird a lot guy of the time, he was in the home already yep, you're so right i have had this note since the first episode and i just can't figure out the answer so he's at the crime scene we already know like he packs his bag and he stashes it later and he hides the car or whatever and he like is stalking people and he's figuring things out whatever whatever he does the deed he kills the people and then you know that he cleans up right but he's definitely left semen more than once just like Gainesville River yes he cleaned everything minus the very obvious DNA Mm -hmm. right why it's like part of his obsession it's like part of his way fucking with things like that it's like his signature it's like almost like he's leaving his signature. But I feel behind. like he just stole it from Gainesville, Rick. He just. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's cool a, dude, here's another dude. serial killer totally. fanboy. Yes. A yes, whole, a he whole totally other is. one. You're also right about Gainesville Ripper because that's actually part of where he got the idea to pose them <sighs> and take the photos of them. He okay. got inspiration 
from Gainesville because Gainesville would put them in this certain position. Yeah, well, he didn't I'll never forget. Him. I'll never, I'll never forget. forget him putting uh, her the, head, looking her at her head, head looking at her, just her, never forget that. decapitated the, body. Yeah, it will haunt me for the rest of my life, Quinnies. I'm Absolutely. not even kidding. It will 100% haunt me for the rest. It is of my almost life. enough for me to not have a bookshelf. Almost. <laughs> and Quinnies, if you want to be haunted for the rest of your life, you can check out our episode on the Gainesville Ripper from season one of Straight from Up Evil. Back in the day which is a great episode back in the day wow oh my god well we finished by btk see you next never never um and you queenies don't ever say we didn't do anything for you okay because this has been quite the month for us (laughs) over here it's been rough with these emotions go away douchebag btk listen to straight up evil